Hello everyone and welcome to the Heart Sanctuary podcast with your hosts Deirdre and Chevy. That's me. Have you wondered what all the fuss is about meditation lately? Well, then grab a cup of tea and get comfortable. And cake. And cake. <laughs> we'll be delving into the benefits of meditation, not only those that we've personally experienced, but also we'll share some scientifically proven reasons for you to give it a go. Have you noticed that meditation has become mainstream recently? Yes, I have. Everywhere. It's like movies, documentaries, mm-hmm. ads. There's apps. Apps. <laughs> There's corporates that's doing it. Um, schools have incorporated mindfulness meditations. Why do you think that is? I think people are stressed. So people are looking for alternative ways to have a fulfilling, calm, peaceful, nurturing environment. Yes. So it's a movement of people adopting a natural approach Mm. to living, to healing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, pulls is the answer that Western medicine gives us. Yes. But with those pills comes all sorts of side effects, which Mm -hmm. you then need additional pills for, or they have this effect of numbing you, of uh, making you disconnect from your emotions. And it's not only the heavy ones that you don't want to feel, but it's the pleasant ones as well. Mm. You become potentially zombie-like. Yes. And that can have a knock-on effect with your other relationships because if you can't connect with yourself how can you say connected yes. with others and then that happens from you know individual to f- relationships first like the romantic relationships the friendships the the family unit the community the country the world and it's, it doesn't have to be either or you know the the meditation can be uh, supplementary to yes. what western medicine is able to offer you don't have to to swing the pendulum completely in the other direction. Therapy is one of the other solutions that people have to overcome stress, anxiety, depression, that spins off from that. A lot of money is, is what, what private therapy sessions cost. And who can afford that these days? And the problem is also it's a long-term fix. It's a process um, of diving yes. deep into the psyche yes. and changing your your patterns of thinking. So, why meditation? Why? Is it the Holy Grail? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Chevy? No, it's the Holy Grail, but it's helpful. Mm -hmm. In what way has it been helpful for you? My mind is much calmer. Much more it is is a gentle flow of me just allowing myself to mm. yes. So meditation helps you to just be? Just be, yes. Because the flow of thoughts become incessant. 
common misconception that meditation is about stopping your thoughts. No, you don't stop. You can never <laughs> stop your thoughts. But that's what can make it frustrating is thinking, thinking yes. that that's what you're supposed to be doing and thinking, I'm failing at meditation. You have to do nothing. Yes. And, okay. Listen, I learned about how to control your mind. Listen, eat. Not to control your mind. <laughs> Lesson is that you can't. There's <laughs> no way to control it. Well, there's another paradox that I'd like to pick up on that yeah. you mentioned about this calmness and this revealing of the of the the peace and the love mm. between the thoughts. Mm. This other dimension of our being. The paradox is on one end we think we're cultivating the peace and mm. the love, you know, like we're working so hard to yes. <laughs> to to cultivate these more pleasant qualities mm. that people normally associate with meditation, with the blissed out, um, maybe the you know rainbows and unicorns and stuff like that, all the pleasantries. But actually, a large part of meditation is very unpleasant. Yes. You sit there with all of you. Like your 
aches and pains and your neuroses and your anxieties and depression and crazy thoughts and wrong thoughts and that, that kind of nagging slave driver mm. that can, you know, whoop you incessantly was the word you used. And it, it can be like that, but meditation gives you a break. Yes. It at least slows it down. <laughs> it might pause it for a bit. But the good thing is you start to exactly what you said. You start to notice that you're thinking. And the more you do that, the more you realize that thinking is, is just happening. I'm not mm. thinking these thoughts. They're just coming. I, guess I really can't control them. But who is this I that is talking, that is observing the thoughts and realizing that, you know, it's something separate. There's the subject and the object. Subject being the witness, the silent observer, and the objects being the thoughts. So I'm the, I'm the subject, I'm not the object. Yes. So with that, you start to disidentify from the thoughts. And this has been one of the big benefits for me personally, is to realize that <laughs> not these thoughts, and it's actually a relief <laughs> to, to not have that guilt or shame or judgment um, part of the time. <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying it's completely gone because it's a process. It's a process of deconditioning. And that's another big benefit that I've found from meditation that why I personally continue to meditate is I can see, and it is a long process, I can see how certain tendencies have weakened over time that I'm able to catch them at the earlier stage at the level of thought and and then decide whether I'm going to give it attention and express it as words and mm. and actions in fact there's that quote remember that quote I don't have it written down but it's by Lao Tzu he says uh, watch your thoughts because they become your words watch your words because they become your actions Watch your actions because they become your habits That's and watch right. your habits because they become your life. I might be paraphrasing slightly, mm. but that's the general idea. And there is a variation that Mahatma Gandhi is given credit for. That aside, the, the experience is valid. It's what exactly we've been talking about, mm. that we can change the direction of our lives if we become more familiar with our thoughts and choose with more discernment and wisdom which ones we want to entertain. Practice, practice, practice. The idea of you wanting to run a marathon ain't gonna happen. Yes, to start off small. So practice, practice, practice. It's, it's how it is. That moment when you watch the thoughts and you, you, you realize that you're lost in thought and you bring your attention back to the object of concentration. Because every meditation, no matter what style it is, or well, most of them have an object of concentration, something to bind your mind to, to give the mind something to do, to anchor it in this moment and to bring it back to after you've noticed that you're lost in thought. Um, so 
that's actually the the start of the practice is to notice that's happening and bring it back. Notice yes. that's happening and yes. bring it back. They've discovered that the you can change physically change the structure of your ba- of your brain mm-hmm. depending on what you give attention to. They got a monk to meditate in, in an MRI machine and they could see they could see different things. They saw um, the amount of alpha waves, which is associated with relaxation and uh, and sleep and calmness, is higher in in him uh, than others because that's the effect. It relaxes you. Exactly what you're saying. One of the main reasons to meditate is stress is to reduce stress. In other words, to relax. And and one indicator of that is the amount of alpha waves that we have. Um, but that's that's a frequency. But they also discovered that structurally the brain had changed. At certain mm. parts of the brain had more gray matter compared to the, the norm. Um, so the areas associated with attention or with empathy, compassion, emotional regulation mm. is the other one. So all these areas had more gray matter, but the areas that's associated with stress or... Um, challenging emotions were, were were inhibited were smaller so this the the neural pathways that were followed for these um, were less traveled so that's the same idea what we were talking about earlier about loosening the pa- the the grip of the subconscious tendency it actually has a physical manifestation which are these neural pathways which make up the brain so this is fascinating stuff mm. <laughs> and I hope that rambled and made sense mm. out loud it- Tell us about the sensitivity that you were saying. Sensitivity to more subtle perceptions. Yeah. Uh, these, I, I, I perceive and understand concepts better because my mind is free of the, the noise. Mm. Free of the, the concepts that dictate how you feel and what you act in it. So there's a calmness. I'm always receptive to learning new things. Yes, and I can vouch for that. You are an amazing listener, my beloved. You're actually able to give me your full attention. You're not busy planning the next thing that you're going to say or how you're going to respond to this thing for whatever reason to sound, you know, a certain way, a certain, you know, all that stories and layers and layers of, of conditioning that we have. Um, I can see it less in you, and it's a beautiful thing. And I can concentrate for longer periods of time. Yes, yes. And you're, you're also able to uh, integrate new information and feedback very Concisely, very precisely, should I say, in, in the exact way. That's impressive. That also talks to a clear mind. Even my driving has gone down. Yes. She's a lot. Yes. <laughs> 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 well, I'm thankful for that since I uh, sit next to you. <laughs> <laughs> what else has science been showing? It talks about the alpha waves, the increased gray matter. Um, decreased stress, yes. So yes. you mentioned that uh, this 
cortisol is one of the stress hormones that increases when we have this uh, fight or flight yeah. response, which we kind of, uh, in this modern city life, that's kind of how it is. You know, mm-hmm. people are super busy and thanks to greed and consumerism of, you know, those with vested interest in the corporates doing what they do and making as much money with as little resources as possible, um, is it affects all of us. There's this knock-on effect that we are stressed because we just, it's like having that slave driver, not only the one in your head, but the ones in your whole society. Like everyone, the conditioning is there to be participating in this machine. And our bodies are inflamed. Yes, yes. Our diet, our diet definitely doesn't help. Yes. Because there's a lot of things that we eat that makes us more inflamed. Irritable bowel syndrome. Yep. Uh, autoimmune disease. Mm. Cancer. Yeah. All these are effects of the stress levels that we deal with. Yep. And science is finding that as well. Yes. That this link between how our bodies cope with stress and and the illness that results. And I mean, like irritable bowel syndrome. I had that when I was at my most stressed in London. That was one of the diseases that showed up. Disease, as you as you say. Um, my body was not happy, and I didn't understand why because. I was pushing it beyond its limits. I was working hard, partying hard, and just ignoring my feelings and my needs, emotional and physical. And uh, the body was crying out in another yes. way that was trying to get my attention, but I didn't see the link at the time. Mm-hmm. I uh, took medication and dealt with the symptoms, as you do, as you were conditioned to do. Yes. So meditation helps us get to the to the root, to the to the cause. Yeah. But also is eating well, mm-hmm. eating healthy, lots of fruit and vegetables, less meat, mm. um, alcohol, no yeah, alcohol, alcohol, no, no nicotine. No. You can, but in moderation. Yes. Yes. Yes, and and the refined things also. Sugar. Sugar, white pasta, white... Processed foods. Yeah, yeah. So the the closer to nature, the better is kind of the message. It's beautiful to see that science is catching up to what the the rishis and the yogis Yogis. have been saying for millennia, really. Millennia. Yeah. Long time, yeah. yeah, and we forget that modern medicine is a few hundred years old, psychology even younger. So that's not to say it's of less validity because it's newer. It's just let's combine the wisdom from the different traditions and not dismiss the one in favor of the other. And for you, for me? how has meditation helped? I think... Aside from the couple of things I already said, the the related benefit has been being less reactive. So, especially (laughs) in the start of the COVID pandemic, um, 
I was locked down with my parents for the for a solid I don't know months seemed like an eternity. It was challenging, but I think it would have been more challenging if I didn't have plenty of meditation hours under the belt because um they say that if you think you're enlightened, go visit your family <laughs> or try being locked down with them for months. Um, because a lot of our original conditioning happened in childhood and our parents being dominant forces in our life and responsible for us, um, it makes sense that they would be at the root of most of our conditioning and, um, and it can be painful to be confronted with that, especially when you don't have a place to go, that a way to get away, except closing a, a room's door. Um, but like I said, there was less reactivity. So instead of the one parent says this and the child says that and starts to play out, there's this, there's the option when you are aware of the thought that's popping into your mind that's would have taken you down that downward spiral in that pattern of behavior. Because the pattern of, of thinking becomes the pattern of speaking and behaving. And then that links to the other person. If you've known them your whole life, like you have your parents, most people, um, you, you have a pattern of, of conversation <laughs> that plays the same conversation you've had many times, where the one's trying to perhaps control something and the other one's um, trying to assert the independence and so on and it just spirals downwards but if you see it coming you can stop it sooner you can break that pattern you can interrupt the pattern and over time weaken that tendency so that it might not even pop up as a thought with practice so instead of creating an argument uh, with um my parents, as I may have done a younger version <laughs> that hadn't had as much meditation experience, I, it could easily spiral downwards and uh, become a unpleasant situation. Instead, there was more pauses and just saying, okay, or something else that neutralizes the situation and and takes it to a more positive place. And that's not to say just to be clear that non-reactivity doesn't mean not taking action or being passive or just letting life happen to you. Um, it's not like that. It's about pausing and breaking that, that habitual pattern and instead choosing more wisely with more discernment what, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, when you're going to say it, you know, whether you're going to say it at all. So, there's a consciousness that you bring into that situation um, and there's a discernment and a wisdom. So it's coming from a, a more refined place than just some knee-jerk pattern that you've been doing since your child, <laughs> which may have worked then and maybe it's not working so well now, but we don't question it. We just keep doing it and we keep mm -hmm. wondering why we end up in the same drama because we are playing out patterns. As we prepare for our practice of meditation, just a reminder to not practice meditation if you're operating heavy machinery 
or driving a car or responsible for little ones. And then you might also want to remove any possible distractions. Turn off the phone, turn off the, the music, close the door, close the curtains. Create a space that's conducive to your meditation. Put a blanket over your shoulders. Get comfortable, but not too comfortable. We remember the advice of the Yoga Sutras to come to a spine that is firm and upright, but still relaxed, still comfortable. You can rest your hands on your knees. Check that your chin is parallel to the ground. And make any final adjustments to feel completely comfortable in this moment. We'll set an intention to acknowledge that yes, there might be things undone on our to-do list. Things that need our attention. But let's set the intention to put all of that aside to at least for the next few minutes of meditation to not worry about those things let's reaffirm our commitment to this meditation So once you've made any final adjustments to your posture, set the intention to stay perfectly still. Let's use this immobility of the body to help quiet the mind. Recognize any impulse to move, or fidget, or scratch as just more thoughts. Thoughts we can choose to give our attention to or not. Try and zoom out of them. Recognize them as objects in your awareness. And you're just a silent observer of them. Watch as they come. And watch how they can easily go if we don't give them attention like clouds on the blue sky of the mind they can drift out just as easily as they drift in now the mind the restless mind needs something to do you don't want it to think about the ordinary thoughts so we need to give it an anchor. Let's instead bring our attention to focus on the heart, on the center of the chest. Redirect the energy of all your senses inwards. Give your brain and the rest of your body permission to relax. And bring all that energy to rest in the sanctuary of the heart. And notice what's happening there. 
Notice the beating of the heart. Gather sensations, vibrations, emotions. Start to notice movement at the level of the heart, the way that chest rises and falls as you breathe in and out. Notice the ebb and flow of your own breath and allow yourself to become mesmerized by that movement. Let everything else fade into the periphery of your awareness. Now let's hone our attention a little bit more. Instead of focusing on the breaths, shift your attention to that slight pause between the breaths. That moment of transition from inhalation to exhalation and back to inhalation. That moment of stillness. That moment that's easy to miss. Those pauses between breaths correspond to pauses between thoughts. And the more attention we give that pause, we'll notice the longer it will become. Slowing down. Slowing down. what often seems an endless train of thoughts. Revealing stillness. A whole background of stillness. That compassionate awareness that embraces everything. Let's keep resting in that loving embrace for another minute.
Now, let's notice all the fruits of our practice. Still watching as the silent observer. Notice any qualities that you are feeling more of in your being right now. Perhaps it's peace or love, calmness, joy, silliness. Notice as well the fruits that might not be so sweet. Perhaps some grief, frustration, irritation, anger has come up for you. Hold that in your loving embrace as well. Welcome it all. Keeping that same awareness of the heart, let's slowly open our eyes whenever we're ready. We hope that this episode was beneficial for you. If you'd like to share your experience, please leave a comment below. We look forward to sharing the next episode with you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.